This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Analon. Whether you're impressing friends with a twist on an old family recipe or experimenting with a new dish, Analon cookware is designed to unlock your creative vision. I love to throw my friends a twist. <laughs> Me too. Analon, they have a wide selection of styles. They have all kinds of innovative technologies. It's durable, it's stylish, and it all comes with a lifetime warranty. Shop Analon's cookware sets, baking tools, even pasta makers and culinary torches all at Macy's. Analon, designed for creative Creativity in the kitchen. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and usually talk over each other like pretty much all the time. Uh, yeah, but that's you You love us for it. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope. It's like a traffic jam of human voices. Oh, isn't that a beautiful thing? It's much more beautiful than a regular traffic jam. It's Yeah, it's like a train wreck that for your ears that you can't turn away from and because you could still hear it even if you turn your head. <laughs> T- today... Today, we are, uh, we're, well, we're, I was trying to figure out how to extend this train wreck <laughs> metaphor into today's into topic. Like a freight train. In today's topic, which is um, mold wine and When cider. I was a kid, I drank so much mold wine, memory lane. No, when I was a kid, I, I thought freight trains were so cool that the way they seemed to go on forever, I was not old enough to be annoyed by this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I, as an adult, I'm so much more interested in toy trains than I ever was as a child, like, like model yeah. trains. Recently, I was at Swanson's, which is this nursery in North Seattle. Sure, yeah. I mean, plant nursery, not not baby nursery. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's just and, a nursery. You can go, but you can pick out a baby. And they have a model train set up in one of the sort of greenhouses. And it is, there's a part of it that's sort of Seattle themed. There's like a king, yeah. like a little tiny space needle with King Kong climbing it. Um, And, and, you know, the train goes past this. But anyway, it's all very, like, whimsical. And it was delightful. And I was there with June, and she did not care. And I was like... That stuff's for adults. It's totally for adults. Yeah, I fucking love a holiday train. I like the one at uh, Seattle Center. Like, in the the armory. They set it up, like, just in the middle of the armory. And, like, it has... I don't remember what features it has, but people put a lot of work into it. And it has, like, lights and And, stuff. And is it pretty much just surrounded by adults? 
Well, I mean, it's surrounded by a, a, by adults uh, like squashing and trampling kids to get a better view of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. OK. Anyway, um, today we're talking about mold wine and cider, although to be fair, I was the one who, who did the research for this. Yeah. And I, I really focused on mold wine because uh, whatever. I mean, But there's cider in this mold wine. There is cider in this mold wine. And Matthew, we're going to get there. But okay. first, let's go down memory lane. So I do. Rem- let's ride that train. Um, to yeah. memory lane. <laughs> Driving that train. Memory High lane. on memories. <laughs> um, and cocaine. I do remember drinking mulled cider as a kid. I don't... I, I know I knew the term mulled wine, that it was like some fancy yeah. grown-up thing. But yeah, I loved like hot cider with cinnamon sticks floating in it. I remember... For the holidays. So I remember when... Um, so this mall called Penn Square Mall in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. it um, it it was renovated when I was maybe twelve or something. And they added a, a mullery. Well, and they they opened a Williams Sonoma in it. Okay. And this was a big deal. This was the first Williams Sonoma to open in Oklahoma. That it was. That I know it was of. the first time and- Oklahoma had. Emile Henri stoneware. It was. It was. And uh, I remember going in there with my mother. I think I was, I don't know, 12 or 13 or something. And they sold little tins of mulling spices. Oh, yeah. And they also gave out like these little Dixie cups of of mulled cider that they'd been mulling in the store. I remember this at William Sonoma also. Yes. And I loved mulled cider. I mean, I I had had it before for sure, but I think until having it in William Sonoma, I didn't understand like how it was made, that there were like these spices and you would warm the cider with the spices. Everything I need to know, I learned at William Sonoma. Exactly. Exactly. Basically, how to mark things. It's the title of Matthew's next book. (laughs) Because that was probably like 17 cents worth of spices in a very attractive can or something. Yes. Anyway, my mom bought one of the cans of mulling spices Mm -hmm. and we we brought it home. And I I remember we made mulled cider and drank it while we trimmed our tree that year. That is so festive and it's it's so festive domestic and and i was so excited about it as as a teenager which tells you what kind of teenager i was you know what that is it's huga it is it's totally (laughs) huga which is spelled Mm h-y-g-g-e it's Mm -hmm. the it's the danish Mm, oh there we've got some listeners who are from the nordic countries who are gonna have good use of the term nordic countries thank you um (laughs) good use of the term have our heads yes um Yes, they. Uh, it's it's the Danish term for like cozy coziness. winter coziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was so candles it was so and mulling spices. Seattle's a very huga. You kind may of have place. invented huga, or I think you, I did. you may have brought huga to America. I did. Anyway, yeah. So that is, uh, and I think it was. I was well into adulthood before I ever had mulled wine. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was too. I have a couple of friends who um, who I think of as having like open house type parties around the holidays and always having a like a big stock pot of mulled wine going on the stove. And I, I always drink it, but I, it's always kind of painful. Why? Well, so I, I want to get into this when <laughs> because we... Because they dropped a bunch of nails into it. Well, no. So so at least one of them that I can think of, maybe both of them, make the, the style um, that that has blanched almonds and like raisins in it. Oh, and so that sounds you, very Renaissance. I think somehow. it's, you know, I, I, I learned more about this when I did the research. I think it's very, it's a very like Nordic thing. Oh, okay. 
Um, so they're just trying to get a little more hooga. They're trying to get their hooga. Into their they're life. hooging it up. Yes. Anyway, so you you know you ladle some of it up, and then you wind up with these like chunky things at the bottom of your your cup or your glass. Yeah, and I don't like it's, that it's idea. Weird. So that's always a little bit of a stumbling block for me. But also, I think so. The mold wine that you and I are drinking right now, which is which is good and has zero chunks. It has zero chunks. Uh, it's pulp free. When I was looking up recipes to decide what to make today, most of them called for a pretty full bodied red like a like a cab sauvignon or mm-hmm. something like that and i i chose this one from bon appetit magazine that uses beaujolais so a light bodied so fruity it's a, it's wine it's a light bodied oh it's from epicurious excuse me uh not from bon appetit and it calls for a juicy light red wine such as beaujolais yeah and I, when I first tasted it, I thought, oh, this this isn't mold enough or like this isn't complex enough. And the more I drink of it, the more I'm like, actually, this is really balanced. Exactly. Yeah. Because if it, if it comes off as like heavily mold yes. on the first sip, you're going to get tired of it. It's like yes. the first bite of the Christmas tree is, is <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> but it, well, it's like that Thomas Keller rule, you know, what is it like the, the, the first three, like y- y- you stop tasting a food after three bites or something. Yeah, I think something like that. That's how it is with your Christmas tree, too. No, <laughs> yep. but what I was going to say is that I think most of the time, mold wine that I've had has been made with a bigger red that is um, that, that maybe also is more tannic. And so right. it, it feels really overwhelming then once you mull spices in it. And it it just is really intense yeah, and kind of leathery. I think astringency is the opposite of hygge. <laughs> I have two. I have a question and an observation. Mm-hmm. The observation, the thing that popped into my head was, I feel like there is something in which Bruce Willis is talking about mulled wine, and it must be an episode really? of of Moonlighting that he's like telling Maddie Hayes that she needs to like chill out. It's the holidays. Like drink some mulled wine. Oh, I, I never watched Moonlighting. I loved Moonlighting. Was that with Candace Bergen? Uh, no, it was... Uh, 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 what was Candace Bergen in? Uh, Candace Murphy Bergen Brown. was in Murphy Brown. Oh, shit. This is terrible. Uh, um, you just knocked the name. I mean, no, it's my fault. Like, I knocked the name right out of my head. Sybil Shepard. Oh, Sybil Shepard. Oh, my God. She's wonderful. Yeah, it was, it was a brilliant show. I probably... Does not should not be revisited. I don't know. Maybe it's fine. It probably shouldn't. Um, the question is: Is mulled wine holiday uh, sangria? Uh, oh God, I hadn't thought of that, Matthew. Wow, it seems like it is. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. But not that you can't drink just drink sangria for the holidays. That would be fine, Matthew. It seems like what you're doing here is is opening the door for me to read the novel that I have written about mulled wine. Please for today's episode. And this is not a metaphor. You actually wrote a novel about mulled <laughs> wine. It is available now from <laughs> um, it's self published on Amazon. It is. It yeah. is. Co- and what what was that novel called, Molly? Oh, it's called. Um, Mulling it over. Um, it's it's called um, a very mulled Christmas. It's called I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, wait, Matthew. We forgot to mention that this episode was suggested by listener Elizabeth. Oh, thank you, listener Elizabeth. Sorry about the improv fails. So we're gonna we're gonna I, I'm gonna tell you now yes, about mulled wine. So uh, I'm going to give you some obvious information here, which is that it's usually made with red wine and various mulling spices served hot or warm traditionally in winter, especially around Christmas. 
Yes. Mulling spices. And I really kind of had to, uh, I opened up the old uh, merriamwebster.com. To look up mull? To look up the word yeah, mull. I- because I didn't realize that one of the definitions of mull is to heat, sweeten, and flavor with these certain spices. That seems almost tautological. I know, right? <laughs> like, which came first, the word or the wine? Uh, well, I mean, maybe was wine the first thing that was mulled or were people I, I, mulling other things before they got to wine? I think that wine. Uh, wait, hold on. OK, so I think that wine was the first thing that was mulled. OK, uh, and I, I want to say that this stuff, this topic we're talking about, mulled wine insider, is this very old thing that originated in, in Europe a long time ago. Okay. And we are definitely going to get a lot of stuff wrong. Very old, like the 70s? Yeah, like the 70s, <laughs> with key parties. Um, <laughs> that, that comes up on this show a lot. We are definitely, in talking about this, going to leave out some like regional types of, of mulled beverages. And I apologize to listeners. Mulled who, nogs, mulled... Anyway. Um, so... Mulled Sprite. The first recorded spicing and heating of wine... <laughs> The first recorded spicing and heating of wine. I, I I feel like you're reading from a from an ancient police blotter. I'm reading from Wikipedia. The first recorded spicing and heating of wine was in Rome during the second century. Wow, like the 100s. Yes, and 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 so to be clear, mulling spices. When we talk about spicing wine, we're talking about um, cinnamon, cloves, allspice, and nutmeg. Like mostly, yeah. sometimes star anise, peppercorn, cardamom, and often dried fruit like raisins, dried apples, orange peel. So, the, got it. To be clear, so this is what Wikipedia seems to seems to imply is that as the Roman Empire like spread, in, invading, terrorizing, like a wine stain, like, like a wine stain, they brought wine and viticulture all the way into what it what is now Germany and all the way up to the Scottish border and but this not, is how mold wine spread but not across the border well it, that's what wikipedia said was there said. like all a hadrian's way- wall or something there was there yes. was am i right about I, that i don't know what hadrian's wall okay. is <laughs> anyway uh, so wikipedia implies that this is how mold wine spread like with the roman empire but you're it sounds like you're skeptical well it has gone so many places it, it has gone but the Roman Empire was huge the Roman Empire was huge but wouldn't that be interesting I mean this is this ancient beverage and it makes so much sense that it would have spread with with the spread of grape well, growing and winemaking right so how but, much is is mulled wine like how long did wine predate mulled wine I don't know I mean is it possible that mulled wine is kind of like the original wine? Maybe, and I. But I also have to wonder where they got the spices. So, like, how long was the? What What are the dates of the Roman Empire? Like, uh, when When was Rome? First of all, there were two Roman empires, oh, no. um, and I don't know, like around around like a few BCs. So, was there already a lot of trade going on with parts of the world where cinnamon was growing, allspice, nutmeg? There is a star good book anise. that I read years ago about the spice trade. I will see if I can dig up the title cuz I don't know the answer to your question, but it's definitely in that book. Okay. Cuz I wonder, you know, I mean, they they had to have spices. Yes. To spice That's true. wine. If you want to spice it up, you got to have spices. Right. I've always said. 
This episode is brought to you by Juul, sous vide by Chef Steps. Juul sous vide helps you make easy weeknight meals and even fancy holiday dinners without stress or guesswork. Yeah, Juul is an immersion circulator, and all that means is it is an electronic device that makes your cooking water the perfect temperature for whatever it is you want to cook. So wait, hold on. So there's like there's no guesswork. Does it does it like tell? Yeah, it's what got, does it do? It is it is pre-programmed. Well, it's it, first of all, it's a scientific device that regulates water temperature. I love cooking with science. Exactly, and it has an app, of course, so you don't have to know what is the perfect temperature for, say, a ham or a rib roast. Jewel already knows that. You you've got the app on your phone. You are monitoring the cooking while you are hanging out with the family or whatever. And uh, you then, cho- you choose your perfect doneness if yep. you're making like a steak or fish, rib roast. Yep, and then it'll tell you when it's done, and then you take credit for everything. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com/jewel. That's J-O-U-L-E, and use the code Spilled Milk to get fifteen dollars off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com/jouelle. Code Spilled Milk. Jewel, perfect food every time. This episode is brought to you by Grove. Grove makes it easy to discover the best natural products to take care of your home and family, and they make sure you never run out of your favorites. Yep. One thing I love about Grove Collaborative is that they have their own flagship products. So they carry all of the brands that you already know and love, like Mrs. Myers and Method, Method mm-hmm. Seventh Generation, Generation, Toms of Maine. Tom's of pain. <laughs> uh, king of pain. King of pain, yes. Uh, you will always be king of pain uh, when it comes to disinfecting. Yes. You will, you will cause pain to germs. Uh, on, onto microbes. But they also have their own flagship products. They have great scented candles. They have uh, naturally made sponges that are totally biodegradable. And this, uh, oh, they, I love their surface cleaner. It, uh, it comes super concentrated, so it is efficient to ship. You uh, reconstitute it in their own Grove brand glass spray bottle. Matthew, Very satisfying. I'm just letting to use. you do this ad by That's yourself. Fine. You're so enthusiastic. Well, <clears throat> if you would like to see what it's like, to use Grove Collaborative yourself and get as enthusiastic as Matthew, sign up at grove.co slash spilled milk. And you will get a $30 Mrs. Myers gift set for free with your order of $20 or more. That's grove.co, not grove.com slash spilled milk. Now it is everywhere. <laughs> it is spilled all over the right. place. Uh, Canada. I, I, Canada, for example. example. No, but seriously, uh, I mean, the UK. No, seriously, you can get it in Canada. The UK, uh, Germany and German speaking countries, the Nordic countries. And hold on. Can I list all the other countries that Wikipedia lists as having variations of mold wine? Sure. Are you ready? Croatia, Montenegro, Slovenia, Serbia, Brazil, Bulgaria, Chile, Czech Republic, Slovakia, France, especially in the Alps after winter sports. (laughs) Hungary, Italy, Latvia, Lithuania, Macedonia. Where... I use it to, to moisten my lips before I blow the Alpen horn. <laughs> that was not it, a metaphor. Hold on, hold on. In in the I, is it the Republic of Macedonia? I, anyway, <laughs> there they they um they they sort of they hold that if it includes pepper, it's believed to prevent the flu or okay. a cold. Did you put pepper in yours? No. Uh, I don't Mo- want to get the flu. Moldova, the Netherlands. Wait, is Moldova named after Mol? Is it like a in in Moldovan? Is that how you say like Moldover? Uh, the Netherlands, where it's called Bishop's Wine. Poland, Portugal, <laughs> Romania, Russia, Turkey, and Quebec, Canada, where it includes maple syrup and hard liquor, and is called Caribou. 
That's amazing. I, when I said Canada, I hadn't read ahead. I didn't know how right I was. Yes. Can you imagine maple syrup? I, I want to drink it's caribou. Really, right? I want to drink caribou, I want to drink straight from the caribou. But hold on now. Let's talk a little bit about the UK specifically. Okay. UK? Okay. So, as with most other places where people drink mulled wine, it's traditional around Christmas, and you can find it often in pubs uh, in the winter. So, um, oh, that sounds great. Have you heard of this old, um, like English cookery book called Mrs. Beaton's Book of Household I Management? Have, yes. It was reissued within the last couple decades or something. Yeah, but I, I did. People didn't start like cooking from it. Did no, they? Okay. no. I think it was sort of a like a, a time capsule. It was a, it was a kind of a time capsule that you could you could buy and and, <laughs> and just enjoy. open immediately. Anyway, in the revised edition of Mrs. Beaton's Book of Household Management, which uh, 1869 was this revised edition. Here is what it says. Okay. And I'm going to read aloud. To mull wine, ingredients, to every pint of wine, allow one large cup full of water, sugar and spice to taste, and then mode. <laughs> That's the, this is That's what the recipes recipe. used to be like. Okay, hold on, hold on, to, wait, wait. Recipe for mulled wine. Make some mulled wine, Yeah. Sir. Okay, mode. In making preparations like the above, it is very difficult to give the exact proportions of ingredients like sugar and spice as what quantity might suit one person would to another be quite distasteful. True. Wise words. Boil the spice in the water until the flavor is extracted. Then add the wine and sugar. Then bring the whole to the boiling point. Serve with strips of crisp dry toast or with biscuits. Mm, I like that. Any kind of wine may be mulled, but port and claret are those usually selected for the purpose. I like this too. And the latter requires a very large proportion of sugar? No. Wait, the claret, not the port. The claret, but... Claret is is like, like, uh, like a sturdy, like, Bordeaux, right? Uh, Yes, yes. I think of... Yes, Bordeaux is where the word claret is associated, or what it's associated with. So right? I think I think it's like like it's a it's a big wine. big tannic wine. Okay, so that would that okay. would make sense. Not the Fine. port. Okay, the vessel that the wine is boiled in must be delicately cleaned and should be kept exclusively for that purpose. Oh, that, so that seems. What do you think that they were? What kind of vessels were they cooking in then? Would it have like um tin? Uh, Dear stomach, probably. Um, did what vessel did you make yours in, and are you going to keep it now exclusively <laughs> for that purpose? Like my my all clad, I <laughs> I guess my I guess my hundred dollar all clad pan is now exclusively for mulled wine. I've got Thanks this, a lot, Mrs. Beaton. Right? I, I don't quite understand this. So again, she says. Small tin warmers may be purchased for a trifle, which are more suitable than saucepans, as if the latter are not scrupulously clean, they spoil the wine by imparting to it a very disagreeable flavor. These warmers should be used for no other purpose. Okay, I don't I don't know about the no other purpose thing, but like if it's you know, they didn't have stainless like non reactive stainless steel back in those days, so it was probably like cast iron or tin or something. Oh, that's a smart that's a good point. And you would not want to cook something acidic in there. Right. Okay. Um, can we go back to something you said earlier about a time capsule? Yeah. Have you ever been present for the opening of a time no, capsule? Have Me you? neither. No. Um, I feel like time capsules are always being planted and never dug up. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> like, I feel like we're probably living on a minefield of time capsules that like anywhere you dig, you are, you know, like, you know how they say like call before digging because there might be buried cables. Mm-hmm. Like, 
also call before digging in case there are buried time capsules that aren't supposed to be <laughs> yeah. dug up yet. So June has this uh, this book about space mm-hmm. that she really loves. It's like one of those, uh, it, like the DK series. They sell them at Costco. You know, when you think about you know it, I mean? a space capsule and a time capsule are really the same thing. That's what Einstein taught us. <laughs> Wait, what I was going to say is that <laughs> sorry in one of the in one of the um the early like space shuttles that they sent up there or a satellite or something that's still orbiting there is um like a uh a, a, a basically a message to anyone who finds it and it's like a record oh I've heard and about do you remember this. like Carl Sagan was involved in the making yes. of this anyway and it has like an ACDC song and does it I, no, no. I, I think it does have some music but it I does, don't know it why. has music and it's got a whole bunch of like etchings on the surface like the I don't know how this thing is meant to be played. But anyway, it's got like weird drawings oh, that think, are supposed to... Oh, I think to... aliens like hang out at cool indie LP stores. It's got it's got like all these drawings on it that, that are supposed to tell you things about our planet and our oh, civilization. Like, right, so like like a, and some like naked people. Exactly. And... It's got like stick figures and stuff. And Ash and I were looking at this recently after reading this section to June thinking we can't even understand what this thing is saying in its like diagrams sure. and, like hieroglyphs about human life on earth how is some sort of alien race going to understand this okay well first of all they should include the song back in black because space is black yes um secondly it should be a cartoon right not like just a random collection of symbols but like a comic strip I think that it, I think they should include a bazooka joke <laughs> comic strip in the in the space and capsule some, and some bazooka gum. <laughs> yes, which which like, is one of our even, finest exports. Yeah, even after <laughs> after spending billions of years it in still space, still will be unchewable. Still will be as unchewable <laughs> as it was when it was first purchased. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, Matthew. When we think about mulled wine, there there are like lots of of other words for it mm-hmm. that come up, like well, like wassail being one of them. I think I thought that was it's like a little cider different. related. It's it's a uh, okay. I don't think I know what it Matthew, means. Matthew, can I read to you this excerpt from um, from your novel from <laughs> whychristmas.com? wassailing is a very ancient custom that is rarely done today the word wassail comes from the anglo-saxon phrase was hail which means good health oh no it doesn't it means what the hell (laughs) originally the wassail was a drink made of mulled ale so you're right curdled cream wait i'm right about what uh, that it was beer didn't you say i said cider oh okay but mulled ale sounds interesting there is still a lot of mulled ale out in the world and i have a hard time imagining what that's like because you can't warm something that's carbonated without losing the carbonation but was is ale um, in its historical sense always carbonated not i mean it's it's like you know, it's not carbonated in the sense of like forced carbonation oh, that's true. it's like you know, what am lightly I fizzy from, from natural the fermentation. fermentation what am i thinking i'm no, no. thinking about forced carbonation well yeah i mean we all are we were all thinking it <laughs> They should put something about forced carbonation on the on the space capsule, like because people love uh, Lacroix. (laughs) They should just put a a can of Lacroix pamplemousse in the space capsule. Here's the thing about the. Let me. Can we go back to time capsules for a minute? Because the the thing I'm I'm thinking is like if I were ever present for like like involved, not not just present, but like if I was one of the people like opening and taking the things out of the time capsule, I feel like there would be so much forced smiling and pretend enthusiasm <laughs> yes. like wow it's uh it's like yes. a 
exactly. it's a pair of socks from 1958. Oh my goodness, it's a first edition copy of um, John Grisham's The Firm. Of I'm okay. You're okay. <laughs> exactly. You're right. It would be just like you know opening a present from your grandma who doesn't know what you're into and you have to pretend to like it. Yeah. Only on like a societal scale. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder what are things that you think would have gone in there, uh, like in the '60s. What would they have put in a time capsule? Well, and so no, there would definitely be tie dye shirt. Tie dye shirt. Do you think this there'd... would be like the late sixties? Okay, I guess. Well, let's go early seventies, and then maybe mm-hmm. there'd be some like like Vietnam related stuff. Yeah, like a like a helmet, like a helmet, maybe a recording of Prodigal Son. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, fortunate, <laughs> fortunate son. <laughs> I I figured that's what you meant. Um, oh, wait. So so let's let's. Maybe I, to be more constructive about I need this. To okay. Just resigned. No, no, that that's cool. It ain't it ain't me. <laughs> um <laughs> if we were gonna do a time capsule right now, what could we put in that we could feel uh, confident would be cool? Oh boy, that's tough. It is tough, right? Um, Something that, that's not gonna be like a grandma sweater. Okay. I feel like Radiohead is timeless. <laughs> I think I think you're probably right. Um, I, think- I mean if civilizations down the line don't think Radiohead is quality music and like real art, I think that that that, that fuck nat- that fuck the natural future selection has gone awry. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so maybe just like a like a complete like Radiohead box set. Okay, okay. Do you, um, do we do it in CD form? No. MP3s. What, but then mm. on what kind of like on a thumb drive? Yeah, but then they're gonna take it out and say like, what's this? <laughs> Like, like if they're we pulled out an eight track, they're right? going to do that with anything. This is hard. You have to include the device through which you play it. Yeah. So it exactly. seems like you could include like a box set of CDs if you include a, a CD player. Man. But this is, but this doesn't represent our time anymore. Oh, now, now that's like a time capsule troubling. from 1997. That's true. Oh man, this is hard. Okay. Can okay. I talk about mold wine and Please. wassail some more? Okay. I'm not done here. Mm-hmm. Originally, wassail was a drink made of mold ale, curdled cream, roasted apples, eggs, cloves, ginger, nutmeg, and sugar. It was served in huge bowls, often made of silver or pewter. Jesus College in Oxford University has a wassail bowl that is covered with silver. Wait! Please, 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 please. Okay, fine. I had a friend in uh, college who studied abroad at Jesus College, and uh, she said that her... Did she she drink wassail out of the wassail bowl? No idea, but she reported that she loved going to the uh, football, a.k.a. soccer games, because people would yell things like, Kick it, Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) It was so great. Okay. All right. Uh, Hi, Gillian. The Jesus College uh, wassail bowl can hold 10 gallons. Whoa. Yeah. And those are imperial gallons. Wassailing was traditionally done on New Year's Eve and Twelfth Night, but some rich people (laughs) drank wassail on all 12 days of Christmas. Those people are called wassholes. Hold on. Uh-huh. The wassail drink mixture was sometimes called lamb's wool because, oh, no. of, because of the pulp of the roasted apples, which looked all frothy and a bit like lamb's wool. <laughs> Why did they put that in? You could just leave that out. They also put in curdled cream and eggs. 
This is this, this is, is like a tradition that that's just like barreling along on inertia, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's move on to talking about something that sounds better. Okay. Which is, um, I'm going to pronounce this all wrong. Is it glue wine? Glue vine. Glue vine, which is uh, the name that is used for mulled wine in German-speaking countries. They. Um, I think I'm sure still do like every year around the holidays, uh, put that on the menu at Joe Bar Cafe in oh, Seattle. Nice. Okay. Uh, well, so it means glowing wine, uh, which refers to the temperature the wine is boiled to. <laughs> is, there a, is there a setting on your stove that says glow? Like what? Yes, but it's uh, it says we're gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Um, they heat it. They heat the wine and until, until it glows. <laughs> That's not how physics work no isn't that strange anyway um it it, it too is popular at christmas time not only in you know countries you think of like germany but also in alsace Mm -hmm. which is very similar to germany yeah anyway (laughs) wait you said not just countries you think of like germany but also (laughs) alsace and austria okay (laughs) you're right like i would never lump those countries or regions together sorry a popular variation of Glühwein, Glühwein, I'm just going to mix, mm-hmm. <laughs> just going to get this all wrong. A popular variation in Germany is the <laughs> Feuerzangenbule. It shares the same recipe, but for this drink, a rum-soaked sugar loaf is set <gasps> on fire and allowed to drip into the wine. This sounds like Snapdragon. It does. Do you want to remind our listeners what Snapdragon is? Snapdragon is when you put some raisins and almonds and stuff in, in like brandy. brandy. Then you set it on fire and then you make children try and retrieve <laughs> the, the, raisins. the raisins from the flaming brandy. <laughs> it's my favorite holiday game. Uh-huh. Mine too. <sighs> anyway, but if I love, there was a way to put that I love in the- how much stuff is constantly being <laughs> set on fire. What if you could rig the time capsule so when you open it, it would it would like burst into flames and you would have to pick out the things inside? <laughs> you know what we need to put in our in our time capsule? A rum soaked sugar loaf. Yeah, what? Sugar loaf. Hey, a rum soaked sugar loaf. That's my pet name for my loved one. What? Is it I a think sugar a sugar cube? loaf is a fruit. Oh, I was thinking it was a fruit cake. No, I think you're probably right. It's a it's a sugar cube. I just love the phrase rum soaked sugar loaf. Rum soaked sugar loaf. Rum soaked sugar loaf. <laughs> okay. All right. Shall we move on to the Nordic countries? Please. All right. Uh, will you pronounce this? Glog. Gl- oh. Glurg. Okay. And similar words. Wait, oh, gluk. To- <laughs> <laughs> is it really France gluk? <laughs> That's what Wikipedia said. Okay, these are terms for mold wine in the Nordic countries. It's sometimes misspelled as glog, G-L-O-G, or glug, G-L-U-G. Mm. Uh, it's spelled G-L... Oh, what is it called when you have an O with like a dash through it, like a null set? Oh, What's that, I, what's that called? I mean, first of all, props for null set. Um <laughs> And secondly, I don't know what that what that character is called. Okay, well, anyway, no, it's like a Swedish show. So there are variations of this word in Norwegian and Danish and Swedish and Icelandic and Finnish and Estonian. 
uh, often drunk at Christmas events. I think sometimes they uh, drink too much of it, get into mischief, and sing the uh, traditional glog <laughs> song. Ooh, gluk what you made me do. Gluk what you made me do. Oh, Matthew, stop. Okay. Um, at least I didn't say anything about a time, so time, in, time uh, capsule. So in, in Sweden, maybe Iceland too, it's generally served with raisins, dried cloves, uh, and blanched almonds, and ginger snaps. <sighs> okay, wait. And I'm trying to figure out, as I read this, like, are all the, like, surely the ginger snap is not in the mulled wine. It's uh, by, on the side. But are the other things in the mulled wine? Like, you wouldn't just serve it with a pile of raisins. <laughs> and some, and some cloves to munch on. <laughs> I don't know. Whoever um, wrote this Wikipedia entry wait, 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 wait. needs to be clearer. I just figured out the name of your mulled wine novel. It took, it took a okay. while. It's called Often Drunk at Christmas. Oh, pretty okay. good, right? That's pretty good. That's, that's fine. Thanks. Okay, in Sweden, gingerbread and uh, lusabular, <laughs> a type of sweet bun with saffron and raisins, are typically served on St. Lucia's Day. Is that today? Why, why in December the world 13th. would I know this? Oh, we're, we're recording this on, is it December 13th? T- it is today? December 13th. We're recording this on December but 13th. But you knew offhand that, that December 13th is St. Lucia's My Day? My brain is full of information that I you know almost never have days? to. No, of course I don't. Why do you know this one? Uh, because uh, it said it on Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, hold on. In Denmark, pairings typically include Abelskiver. Oh, I love those. Me too. Yeah. Sprinkled with powdered sugar and accompanied with strawberry marmalade. These people are doing their mulled wine right. Yes. If, if anyone who doesn't know, Abelskivers are uh, Danish or like. Yes, Danish. Um, spherical pancakes cooked in a special cast iron pan that has like half sphere indentations mm-hmm. and you kind of turn the, the pancake as it's cooking. And so it's this hot ball of tasty brown dough. And you eat it with jam and powdered sugar, mm. and and uh, mulled wine apparently. In uh, in Norway, glog, glerg, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it, is paired with rice pudding. Well, I mean, you wrote up here gluk. Well, but that's just what Wikipedia said. That's just, that doesn't seem gluk. Is that really how <laughs> it I say it? It doesn't seem plausible, but but maybe. I mean, I I am terrible. That with... is the sound that it makes when you pour it out of the bottle it's... into the giant glog bowl. Anyway, Matthew, that's that's what I've got. There you go, everybody. There's okay. your tour ar- around the world ish. Can I uh, ask a Western Western Europe if rhetorical question? I I feel like this is one of these things that is a remnant of a time when a common food or drink was generally enjoyed in a very different form. Because nowadays, like, wine is always, you know, it's just just the natural expression of grapes. And, you know, that's all we ever want wine to be. And also, can I say that a lot of— But it didn't used to be like that. A lot of mold wine recipes, uh, if you read the comments, you will see people freaking out without fail. You will see people freaking out if the recipe describes bringing the wine to a boil. They're like, oh. <gasps> don't boil it. You'll boil off all the alcohol and, and, and the, the nuance. Yes, it'll volatilize the volatile compounds. Yeah. Um, so so is it because so like now, for instance, when we make uh, something like pork sausage, we put fennel seeds in it because we expect those flavors together. But it used to be that the fennel seeds were put in there to cover up the flavor of pork that was a little old. I think that's a myth. You think that's I think a myth? I, I feel like I've read debunkings of that Fine. enough that, that it was just, you know, that 
food food was highly spiced and sweetened during the Renaissance because people that was liked the style. it. That way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like this wine was yucky I mean, or undrinkable. That's or why I spice things up is because I have, I have a lot of rancid meats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next time can we next year can we can we do a caribou episode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can we listen to the Pixie song caribou? Yes. Can we make a time capsule right now and open it next year? Could could we try and put things <laughs> in the time gonna, capsule where are we that put we put just it, like under your bed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to put a time capsule under my bed. <laughs> I will. I will. Should we pull up the carpet I'll sleep here on in your it living like, room? Like the princess and the pea. No, that's where I keep a heart. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Wait, under the carpet or or under your mattress? Under the floorboards. Oh, okay. Is mm-hmm. that in reference to something? It is in reference to the Telltale Heart by uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, I haven't. I haven't read any Poe. Oh, Poe is fun. Okay, is there is there one I should start with? The Telltale Heart. I would say the Telltale Heart. Okay. Great. I'll start with it. Is it a short story? Yeah. Okay. Most most poems are short stories. Okay. Except for The Raven, which is a poem. This episode was brought to you by Jules Sous Vide by Chef Steps. Jules Sous Vide is a magical scientific device, equal parts science and magic, that makes weeknight cooking, weekend cooking, holiday cooking a breeze. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash jewel and use the code spilled milk to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code spilled milk. Jewel, perfect food every time. So uh, you can find us online at uh, spilledmilkpodcast.com. Uh, you can find us in a time capsule. <laughs> this show's like a time capsule show because is like you a can go capsule. back and listen to an episode from nine years ago. Uh, when we sound when we sound like pretty nervous and and like we're trying to be Ira Glass. Well, and also because we didn't really know how to record a podcast, we sound like we are talking to from the past. It's kind of really? staticky. And I haven't listened in a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, anyway, um, you can, you know, we'll, we'll post a link to this recipe on our website, SpilledMilkPodcast.com. Oh, this, again, w- I should say, the recipe I made today is called Quick Cider Mold Wine by Matt Ducker, Ducker uh, published on Epicurious in October of 2016. It's delicious. It is very simple. Yeah, I like it's, it a lot. It's, um, you know, light red wine like Beaujolais, a little bit of brandy, fresh apple cider, star anise, whole cloves, and cinnamon sticks. It takes like 15 minutes to make, and I think it's great. I do, too. I think if people are looking for a mold wine that will be excruciating to drink, this is not the one. <laughs> But this is one that I think is really balanced. But I mean, if you throw a bunch of uh, of almonds and cloves and and it'll na- it'll get excruciating really fast. Exactly. Yeah. Nails and uh, yeah. Uh, uh, shards of glass. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can find us. Uh, please leave us a review. Um, did we already say facebook.com slash build no, podcast? No, we didn't. Um, and tell us what would you put in a time capsule? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and or or the space capsule. What would you have put in Carl Sagan and Company's space capsule? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what this like. There's songs on there, or there's like it's got to be songs. Yeah. Maybe maybe like all you need is love. It seems like that's something someone would put on a space record. Oh yes, that wouldn't be the worst choice. No, well, no. What about um, like Ground Control to Major Tom? <laughs> It's just songs about space. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What else? Um, uh, Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Um, this isn't about space, but the thing that came to mind was Afternoon Delight. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> like, I, I feel like if uh, if some aliens, possibly, you know, um, belligerent aliens, um, built, that's not the word I was looking for, was it? Like, you know, if they were like warlike aliens. Belligerent. Yeah. Um, and they opened it up and, and they heard Afternoon Delight Hawkish. start playing. Yeah. They they might think, okay, like these people are, these people seem really chill. <laughs> we can easily, I was going to say that would, they would like, you know, leave us alone, but actually they would conclude we could just like uh, swoop in and take over their whole planet while they're enjoying some Afternoon Delight. <laughs> yeah. They'd come in the afternoon. <laughs> we'll just, we'll, just with the attack starts at 4.25 p.m. Okay. <laughs> not 4.20. <laughs> No. <laughs> because, it's I mean, too obvious. Jesus, let, let people have something. That's too obvious. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that... Um, what if our podcast was put onto the space record? Which episode <laughs> would you choose? What's our, what's our spaciest... <laughs> Which which episode of Spilled Milk really you know sums what? up the you, human race? You know what? I think if we want to tell alien peoples mm-hmm. about uh, like our our worldview, the, the not, great... not the human worldview, but the worldview of Molly and Matthew. Sure. Okay. Uh, the, the grapes episode. Wherein I swallow a bunch of grape seeds and you speak as the voice of God. <laughs> it's pretty Perfect. good. It's right. pretty good. The grapes episode, everybody. All right. So uh happy new year. No, it's yeah, it's almost it's almost New Year's. Okay. Uh, happy New Year and uh hope Was Wassail. Let's go wassailing. <laughs> I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I'm Molly Weisenberg. The, sh- the show that um, must be delicately cleaned and used exclusively for this purpose. Okay. Uh, I don't yeah. know. No. <laughs> but you got to sell it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.